You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Broadway! Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Broadway! Hey everybody, welcome back to Josh Swallows, Broadway! Here on the Broadway Podcast Network, I am sitting here with one of my favorite people. Not only is he one of my favorite people, but he's also a new dad. Everybody say hello to Broadway darling Matthew Morrison. Hello, everyone. I was waiting for everyone to say hello, and then I said hello back. <laughs> yes. Hello. Hi. And who are we sitting here with? Uh, well, I got Revel James, my son, on uh, on my lap right now. Hi, Revel. He's giving you a little little side eye. I know. He loves me. It's because I'm a character man. He probably <laughs> saw my work in Tony and Tina's wedding in Philadelphia. I, I think... Did you see that? What, what year was that? Oh, well, no, he didn't wasn't see born it. yet, no, but no, um, up in it. heaven, I'm sure God showed him clips. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Matthew? I'm so good, Josh. Does anyone ever call you Joshua? Yeah. Really? Who? When I'm in trouble. My parents oh. used to go, Joshua? Joshua David, but nobody really calls me Joshua. Do you have like what's, what's your favorite nickname that you have? Um, people, uh, Joshy, Joshy Pie, Joshy Pie, you sexy, sexy, big ass man. Well, that's mine. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's just for us. Yeah, I'm trying to. We met originally during the workshop of Finding Neverland. That's correct. Oh my God, and that's when I fell in love with you. <laughs> How long ago was that? That was 2004. 14? I don't know. I think 2014. I don't know. Yeah. I remember it so vividly how, like, you're somebody that I've always looked up to. You're somebody that I've seen you in so many shows, everything from like hairspray to lighten the piazza. Oh my God, Fabrizio. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, Bongiorno, <laughs> motherfucker. That is so hot. That was, that was my favorite thing performance I've ever done. I mean, I, the most challenging thing I've ever, I think it probably will ever do in my life. Did you have to learn Italian to do that? Not really. I just had to learn, I guess, phonetics. Okay. Um, excuse, oh. Hey, Ravel, you warming up, dude? He's learning some phonetics right now. Um, but yeah, so I... I <laughs> we're just going to be hearing that. Um, hope everyone's cool Get with that. Get used to it. It's great. He's just, for Star he's, of America. He's totally warming up. Yeah. He he's, loves dancing. But um, yes, on Light and Piazza, my, one of my favorite projects I've ever done in my life. I did not learn Italian, although my dialect is so good that whenever I go to Italy now, uh-huh. I kind of just do my couple lines that I know, and everyone starts just rapidly talking to me like as if I <laughs> was one of them. I actually found Italian kind of easy to pick up. I went to Rome for the first time, and at first I was like, um, hello, uh, my name is... And next thing you know, it's like, buongiorno, bitch. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, that that uh, sounds very Italian, yeah. Exactly, very <laughs> Italian. And they embraced me. I even met this man there. It was mm-hmm. so light in the piazza. His name's Jonathan. Hi, Jonathan, if you're listening. He still texts me. And literally, the hottest Italian guy in the world. It was like straight out of a movie. And he walked me all over Rome. Did you pay for this walking? No. Oh, was that like, was a was, remarkable thing. He wasn't was, an escort. So, no, I thought I was like like a tour guide or something. Oh no. So this was like a. No, some, we met on like a dating app. Oh, okay. I was like, who's around you? town? And he was what's like, what's his name? Jonathan. Jonathan. It's not so Italian. Not very Italian, <laughs> but he sure is. 
And so um, he took you for a little passeggiata. Oh my gosh, everywhere. I wanted to kill him because people in Rome like to walk. Yes. And I love that you're into a big girl, Jonathan, but big girls don't need to walk all over your damn ancient city. I had so many blisters. I ruined a pair of uh, nice shoes, really nice shoes, ruined. Well, you should probably should wear nice shoes if you know you're going to be doing a lot of walking. I know, but I had a handsome man walking That's me true. around. That you had a gentleman caller, you know? I was like, hey. <laughs> Speaking of, I think it's a national tragedy that I never got to play Tracy opposite you. I think it's a na- national tragedy that we haven't done a lot of things together. I, after, you know, there's a few people in my career that I want to work with over and over again. And they usually fall into the comedic category that my top three are you, oh. Jane Lynch, any day of the week. Kevin. And Jackie Hoffman. Oh my God. Yeah. Can the four of us create some sort of sitcom? <laughs> I would love I that. don't know what Absolutely. it's about yet, but it'll be great. Dude, he, your son is all riled up. He's like, yeah, I'm calling the network right now. I got it. Now, one of my favorite memories about Neverland is you are indeed like a huge celebrity. So I would say average. Okay. In my book, you're huge. Thanks. You're bigger than Meryl, in my opinion. Wow. Wow, it's a straight up lie. That's cool. No, it's not. (laughs) Some crazy person used to send you all these bizarro... They still do. No. They have my home address. I don't know. So finish your story, because yeah, yeah, yeah. They would send these religious pamphlets, but not like actual religion. It's basically like a cartoon about you going to hell. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and, and and it was our thing where we would always, and when we got one, it was kind of like Christmas for us and we would take a picture with it yeah. and we, we became, kind of became our thing. I know. I still have all those pictures. I don't have the pamphlets though, because when... I, I have pl- I have some more. They're always coming in. So oh I'll, I'll, I'll get you some. That's so crazy. <laughs> and also I'm like, you should really talk to your church's like PR team I don't think that you're going in the right angle. Yeah, the message is not really on point with that. You're like, oh, thanks, stranger. Um, Yeah, I'm going to hell. (laughs) Sign me up. Yeah. Save me immediately. (laughs) I don't know. That that was one of my favorite memories. I love that memory. Where did you grow up? I'm an army brat, so kind of all over the place, but mostly Orange County, California. And you're San Diego boy. Yeah, San Diego. Southern California boys. No wonder we are so committed to one another. Yes. What got you into performing? So it was kind of a fluke. I was um, really big into soccer. That was my thing. I, you know, I was on track to like kind of go to the Olympics and stuff. And but when I was ten years old, I went to Arizona for the summer, where a lot of my dad's side of the family live, and they didn't really want to deal with me and my cousin for the summer, so they threw us in like a children's theater play to kind of get us out of, out of their hair. Okay, and. It was just one of those moments. Like I, I just, I found my passion at at such a you know a young age, and it was these moments. It was just one of those moments where I'm an only child. I was always creating worlds in my heads, and I always had such a, a, a vivid imagination. But I never had a place to to put that imagination. Yeah. So when I did that show, and the, and the lights came on, and I, I was able to to use my imagination to the fullest extent, and then people applauded afterwards. 
I was like, I'm in. This is my this is my jam right now. I'm like, I, I never looked back. Yeah, no. Yeah. Do you remember what play it was? It was called The Herdsmen Go to Camp. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that old chestnut. That old chestnut. <laughs> I was starring in Whoopi Tally Whoopi when that show opened <laughs> in nineteen forty seven. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was, a, it was some made up play. Um, obviously, I mean, I guess they're all made up plays. But uh, yeah, I, I remember I play Ollie Herdsman, and one of the songs I had is it was about these group of like misfits going to this kind of Christian camp. Okay. Oh yeah, it wasn't. A, it was not a religious thing at all. But but we showed uh, one of my songs was oh, "We're the Roughest, Toughest, Meanest Punks in This Old Town." Yeah, we're the worst and rottenest. But go to church nonetheless. <laughs> what are those? I mean, Matt Scar, look out. No, it wasn't religious at all. We're the roughest and we're mean and we're anarchy and do drugs, but we go to church. Yeah, yeah. Is rottenest? Rottenest and nonetheless. is That's the rhyme they made. I just wanted hey, to point that out. A lot of things have won Tonys. With the, <laughs> I guess know. so. You know, but that, that's the thing. What was about your the first. Or foray into? Uh, for me, I was always, like, addicted to the Muppets. So I would just, like, my mom would let me dress up in, like, all my sister's old, like, dance costumes uh -huh. and stuff. And I would just, like, put on a show for the family. I was like, like it or not, I wrote a new musical. And by wrote it, I mean, I'm just going to act out what the Muppets are doing. <laughs> so uh, you're going to enjoy that. Wow. And then my first play was Cover Your Eyes and Run. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that old chestnut. I think they ran Jeff, at the same yes, time. Yes, I think your, so. You're right down the street. Punks yeah. at Church show. Yeah, yeah. And um, I played a ghost. Okay. And there's a video of me in it where I'm just sort of bossing the other kids around and being like, So not much has changed. Your line is this. Yeah. You're really messing that up. Um, if you cry, the audience won't. You want them to come to you. Yeah, so not much had changed. And then, um, I don't know. My parents just used to take me to see every tour that came through. I remember seeing, like, the tours of Follies and Chess when I was like seven. And of course I was bored out of my mind. Right. I was like, this is yeah, absolutely awful. Yeah. Nobody gets old. What are you talking about? <laughs> Who wants to hear about that? Um, what theater was that? Was that the Civic Theater? Is that that was at the Civic yeah, Theater. Okay. Did I see you in Footloose there? Quite possibly. Oh, wow. Quite possibly. Was it you and Christian? Yes. Oh my gosh. I think I and saw And Joe Mahoda. You. Oh, good old Joe yeah. Mahoda. No, I I saw that like ninety seven times in the week or two that you really? were there. Wow, I was obsessed with Footloose. I was too. I, I you know it was the 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 most amazing first Broadway show I could ever have imagined being a part of because uh, I did the Broadway show first. I was the first replacement in the show. Okay, and I was going to NYU. I was I was nineteen years old, and oh I initially I got so Dave Letterman put this this. Boy, like fake boy band together okay. called Fresh Step, like the kitty litter. Oh God! Okay. And basically, the 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 other guys that were that got cast in it were all in Footloose, and I was the only guy who wasn't in Footloose. And uh, AC Siula choreographed that piece. He he was the choreographer of Footloose, and so my audition for Footloose is really just they just had to give the okay get the okay from Walter Bobby because they they like kind of fell in love with me over there yeah. when we we're doing Fresh Step. And, um, and so, yeah, it was, it was really just one of those places, like right place at the right time. And the timing was right. The guy was leaving the show. And so I did it there for like six months. And then 
the part of Chuck Krantz and the Bad Boy yeah. opened up on the road, and uh, they asked me to go do it. That's crazy. Yeah. And I can't believe that you played the Bad Boy. You're so nice. Thanks. You're like, I the love... girl gets around. Yeah. <laughs> vroom, vroom. <laughs> that little half motorcycle. Yeah, I'm going to teach my girlfriend. Oh, I'm so tough. Yeah, I'm tough. I'm going to hit you, Ariel. Yeah, I'm going to hit you, and dancing's not allowed. Oh, no. Not in Beaumont. Not in Beaumont. Oh, my dad's going to tan my hide if he sees me dancing. <laughs> That's crazy. Ah, great story. And I can't believe that your body survived Footloose. You know, I still have reoccurring injuries from that show. I don't doubt it. That's the the thing of doing eight shows a week of the same movements. Your body creates havoc on itself just with repetition alone. Like. In hairspray, we called it wig lash. All like all the women, all the girls <laughs> in that show had those huge wigs and stuff, and they would actually a lot of neck injuries and discs and all that stuff. Yeah, no, wicked. We used to say, "Show me on the doll where wicked touched you." <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, "Shoot, well, right here, right here." Does you know my mental health count as well? Because I could show you some injuries there. Yeah, well, with the dancing in Footloose, I mean, thinking back when you look at videos on YouTube or whatever, I'm like, no wonder dancing was illegal. It was like the leading cause of death in Beaumont. It should have been illegal, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, I don't think much has changed in terms of how we take care of our dancers. Because we just really, I think a lot of the choreographers just, they want the most splashiest, off-the-wall, kind of craziest thing that can come out of their imaginations. So um, who pays for that? I know. Well, I only get mad when they get mad at you for getting injured. Where it's like, you choreographed this. You knew what you were doing. But I, you know, as as you become a veteran of the theater, you kind of learn your lesson, and it all starts in the rehearsal studio. You're like, you really think it because you know when I'm 19, I'm like, yeah, whatever you want, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and then now I'm like, now like in rehearsals for Finding Neverland, I did this thing where I did a front handspring over the bench. Right, I remember. And then I was like, you know, what? I don't think I'm gonna do that anymore. <laughs> no. I'll jump over it, but I'm not gonna do a front handspring over I it. I used to hide in a like a costume change booth from Mia Michaels during tech because I just didn't want her to see me and know that I could be put in to a number. So if you notice my track at Neverland, I had like a 45 minute break in act one oh and gosh. I have no regrets. <laughs> I watched, literally, I watched every season of Big Brother and Survivor oh, that's during my run. Oh, right. Big, you Brother. Love Big Brother. I love Big Brother. Yeah. I miss it so much that I'm even watching Big Brother Canada on YouTube right really? now. And it's incredible. I've kind of fallen off a little bit. <gasps> I, you know, after Marissa won, I was kind of like, okay, that's that's kind of, I peaked out, you know. And also having a son now, a, a child, it's just... I can't devote that time to it. It's 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 a commitment, as you know. Now I never want children. Yeah. Oh, because I want to <laughs> give it back. <laughs> so tell me, like, when when did you find out that you were having a baby? Ours or yeah, well, ours you knew about because we've uh, been trying. Yeah, yeah. But for you and Renee, it was interesting because we we've been together now for over a little over eight years, and. We got married uh, four years ago, and we we kind of just checked in with each other every year. And we knew we wanted children, and every year we would kind of just at our usually our anniversary we would check in and like, how are we feeling about it? And we were very selfish with our with our love for each other and just uh, our own personal lives. And then 
you know, she was kind of op- a little more open to it and I wasn't quite ready. And then, and the last, you know, whenever it was, we were, we both were really aligned on it. That's awesome. Yeah. Because you two are two of the most like beautiful, extraordinary, caring, loving people I've ever met in my entire life. Thanks, Josh. Um, and if you don't know his wife, Renee, she is phenomenal, beautiful inside and out. You could see her in the Divergent movie. I mean, come on. Is that where you met on like the Divergent premiere? Were you like, hey? No, we actually met at a Grammy party. Whoa. I... You know, she, as you know, she's from Hawaii. Yeah. And so I was at this, at, um, Iveen's house. Like it was like an after party after the Clive Davis party. Just name dropping. You know? <laughs> it's incredible. Um, I'm sitting here just and swooning. So we're at Jimmy Iveen's house and all of a sudden there was this girl who just walked in. It was, it was literally some enchanted evening. You know, you see a stranger across a crowded yeah. room. And I saw her, we were really far away. It's probably like, I, I, you know, people listening won't be able to see. But uh, maybe maybe half the length of a football field. That's, re- that's some house that you were at. That would be a good 50 yards, yeah. as you know. Uh, oh, so- yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how I judge everything. <laughs> I go, well, how many football fields is that? You know, when choreographers and shit are like, do a jump. I'm like, two football fields or like a half? It would be like half, it would be probably from the stage to the concession stand of the Lunt Fontaine. I know all about the okay. concession stand there of the Lunt Fontaine. So that's how far it was. We saw each other locked eyes and just both smiled. And then I didn't see her the, the, the whole night. And then as I was leaving, I heard this girl speaking pigeon, which is Hawaiian slang. That's what they call it, pigeon. What? Um, <laughs> So I heard her speak, and I spent a lot of time in Hawaii growing up because I, I, my first gig I ever had, like professional, was singing backup for Don Ho. He's like this legendary Hawaiian singer. Incredible. Yeah. Um, so I would go there every summer and just like sing backup for him. So I, I, I knew a lot about Hawaiian culture and stuff, and I turned around, like, who's speaking? And it was the girl. And she was met some guy from Hawaii that she kind of knew, and then I came up, I was like, I was leaving the party, and I was like, okay, it's kind of like Google hunting. These guys got to go see about a girl. And I, I went back and my, my pickup line, first thing I said to Renee was, how's it, sister? He's like, what's up, girl? Is that pigeon for what's up, Like, girl? how's it, sister? How's it, sister? How's it, sister? Prop, prop, more fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. And then she just saw this white boy and she started laughing. So the first thing I did was make, make her laugh. That's beautiful. Yeah. I'm so glad that you guys met, and I'm so glad that you said something, because at first I was like, where's this going? Is this like a Craigslist misconnections? <laughs> like, saw you. <laughs> you know, you were about halfway down the football field of this party. and <laughs> <laughs> You know the one. <laughs> you know, aloha better don't. That's incredible. And you guys have been together ever since? Yeah, we have, yeah amazing yeah we both just kind of got out of relationships and we weren't really ready for it and then we just met and it was just really right off the bat and then i was when i went to go on my first kind of tour as a recording artist like like on a bus and i was opening for new kids on the block and backstreet boys and um so she she came on the bus it was like three months into our relationship and i was like you want to go on the road with me and she was like, yeah. So it, it, you find out really fast when you're living on a bus together if it's going to be work out or not, you know? <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Also, like, 
you know, if I was her, I would have been like, well, I want to talk to like Jordan. <laughs> totally. Just like see if he knows pigeon. Um, like, look at that. Jordan? Let me just check out the competition first. Yeah, and, uh, but no. No. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I would have stayed with you. And speaking of your like solo career, how amazing is that? I'm just so proud of you. Thanks. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that honestly just kind of happened because of Glee. As you know, I, I, I'm a live performer and I, I crave it. I, I love being on stage. I love performing in front of an audience. So it came from, you know, being on that show for a couple of years. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm nowhere near getting out of this contract. So I need to make my own performances happen. So that's what was the impetus for my first solo record so that I can go out on the road in our hiatuses and perform it. Well, I'm glad that you did because you are a magnificent performer and I know that you inspire so many, so many people. What was it like booking Glee, like the lead on a TV show? Honestly, it the whole thing didn't really kick in until a little like further down the line. Well, I was in South Pacific yeah. when I had booked the show. And thankfully, it was my second show at Lincoln Center. I had such a great rapport with with um, you know, everyone who who runs Lincoln Center and they let me out to do this pilot which was like a wow. mo- a month long commitment in LA. And then I came back to the show for a couple more months. And then the show got picked up. Glee got picked up and they let me out on my contract. So uh, thank you to them. I will forever be grateful. And this, it's still, Lincoln Center Theater is my, my favorite place to perform. I love the energy there. I love the stage, the theater itself. And, and that backstage is nice. Epic. It is so nice. Yes. I walked in there and I felt like Little Orphan Annie. I was like, I've been at the orphanage for so long. These people have like cushions and sofas and different, you know, they can paint their rooms. And everyone has the same dress size dress room, you know, like really? so no one's better than, uh, there's no like hierarchy. You know? Now, I don't like that. If I have the lead, I want you to know that you're beneath me. Well, <laughs> you, no, some people had to double up and triple up in the rooms. The leads had ew, their own. That's so pathetic. <laughs> you had to be like, ew, you're sharing. You're gross. <laughs> you're never going to be me, you. No, but the, but the backstage is, it, it, it's so beautiful. It's, it's unlike, it, it feels like a living room. Almost, yeah. You know? Yeah. So where were you when you got the call that Glee got picked up? I, I guess I was, I was back in New York. I was doing, uh, doing South Pacific. I, I, you know, it's funny. I can't remember. I remember the moment I found out I got the part. I was. It was right after my my callback for it. I was in the car. I didn't even get off the Fox lot, and my agent called me and, and told me that I got it. I, and that was like this. Like I, I probably could have killed someone in the car. <laughs> it was just the, the the a beautiful moment. But so so why why I said it? it, it tr- I didn't realize the effect of everything until later. It was because. On paper, it's this, this show about a bunch of singing and dancing high school kids. I'm like, this is going to be lame, you know? Sure. Um, I didn't really think it, you know, I, I didn't really read a script or anything at this point. I just read a couple scenes. So once I got the script, I was like, oh, this is really funny. And then when we started shooting it, I saw the, the cast they assembled and, you know, having scenes with, with Jane and just that. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. But we, we shot the first 13 episodes in a bubble before anyone had seen it. So that was like the best, my favorite times of shooting Glee because no one knew what it was. None of us were famous. It was just like us just 
at summer stock, you know, yeah. having fun, just singing and dancing and, and just creating this magic. And then it wasn't until after the show came out, it came out huge. And there was just so, but it wasn't until this weekend, first year, this one weekend, we performed at the White House for the Obamas for Easter. And then the very next day, we had a flight to Chicago to do an hour-long um, Glee Oprah special. And in, in, in two days of each other. And that, one, that was the moment for me. I was like, oh, this is, this is special. This yeah. is going to be big. First, you're performing for the Obamas at Easter. They're like, hey, what are you doing for Easter? Hey, Will you come and perform for us, please? And then paint some eggs with us. Paint, paint some eggs. It'll be fun. <laughs> Oh, P.S. Oprah wants to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> if that's okay, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's bizarre. I know it was. It was really bizarre. And I mean, that was that was. Yeah, like I said, that was the moment. Was it a rough transition? Because, like to me, you like I I always knew who you were. You were like fa- very famous to me. But then when you're famous to the universe, there's like New York famous, and then there's like international famous. Yeah, it, it's. It was it was it was wild. It yeah. still is wild because I'm I'm so used to that our our community and being a champion of it, which I still very much am, yes. and uh, and I, I just love this community so much. And that that's the thing that it will never change. There's nothing like the Broadway community. Yeah. It's um, TV is great and stuff, but you don't bond like you do here. It's interesting that you say that because my friend is on. I won't say the name of the show, but he's yeah. on a TV show. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Welcome back to New York. What was it like? Do you miss all your friends? And he's like, well, we we all get along great and we work together well, but, you know, we never hung out. We never, like, you, you don't, like, go get a drink at Hurley's after you yeah. finish shooting. Yeah. And you're just, whatever. like, in your trailer. You're not really, like, in a social aspect. Yeah. And I think the fact that you can call cut it changes the dynamic of the relationship and how much it deepens because we are on stage and it is live. And whenever something goes wrong, you have to do, you have to count on your cast members. I count on you guys so many times for like when I messed up a line and I didn't know where I was like going into the white room, it's just like, you have to count on your, your castmates to get you through that. And there's this camaraderie that you get from that, those moments that you Cut. All right, let's just try it again. Get your line right and then go. You know, so there, 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 there's a, a huge safety net there that you yeah. don't have. It's funny because some of my favorite moments are when things go wrong. Me too. Like, those are the moments that I remember. And Like, I remember in Neverland, right after the opening, like, me and the other character people had a small scene, which goes into the next scene yeah. in the park. And I just completely went up on my lines and I just looked at Paul Slade Smith and said... <laughs> Your turn. <laughs> Your turn. Your turn. <laughs> I remember so many moments from that where I, I sometimes me and um, Laura Michelle Kelly were just in a giggly mood <laughs> and we would get to, um, what was our big do it? What you mean to me uh-huh. in the second act. And I, we couldn't finish the song and it was nothing really happened. It's just like in the, one of those moves and you just look at each other. Yeah. They're the, like, Funny. It, 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 it's just like it sets the whole thing off, and you were just giggling through the whole beautiful, serious number. Know. You know? Yeah. My favorite moment, I think, of things that went wrong is we had a new swing on, and for whatever reason, in Neverland, in Neverland, and her wig somehow slid down, so it was like 
like where the hair was, was where her ear Ear is. is. (laughs) And all of us just sit on stage, just laughing at the poor thing. And she had no idea. And um, I remember that. It wasn't Francesca or something like that. It was either Francesca or or Heather, maybe. Heather Parcells. Oh, Um, that could make sense. But it brought me so much joy. I know. I love those moments. Uh, You you know, the thing is, you are one of those creators of those moments. (laughs) For better or for worse. I love that. You, my the favorite thing about theater is because we do we are saying the same things every single night. Those moments make it fresh, and sometimes you find things in those moments that will end up staying in the show. But my, my when I when I'm on my journey of of playing a role on Broadway, every week I kind of have this this task I set for myself where I, I set a new goal for my character. Because it just gets monotonous. It gets it gets boring for even me, you know? I mean, the audience yeah. has seen it for the first time. But I like I like being a starter as well of of chaos. Yeah. I love saying a line differently when you think I'm gonna say it one way and and then seeing your reaction because you're in the same rut that I am, and you're like, oh, oh, and you see it in their eyes, they're like, oh, oh, they get a little scared and they're like, we're going there. But you start that so many times, and I, I thank you for that. Oh, please. Oh, man. It You're so a shit fun. starter. My, uh, my mom, it's still like her favorite show ever. Which it's is, a lot of people's favorite show. I've met so many people with Neverland tattoos. It's crazy. What do they get a tattoo of? Um, believe or, you know, whatever. Gotcha. I'm lying or whatever. So it's all words? It's all words. There's no like Tinkerbells or anything? No. No. Yeah. No Jay and Barry with a big beard or anything? <laughs> You know what? Okay, okay, okay. Uh, this is totally, you know, off topic, but I got asked to uh, to possibly do a London version of this yeah. this show. I see J.M. Barry differently now because of the Michael Jackson yeah. thing. I see a lot of similarities with that, and it's it's interesting because you think about the uh, the Llewellyn, Llewellyn Davies kids, Peter committed suicide at 21. The One of the other kids killed himself. It's like, they had some serious yeah, trauma. One of the other kids killed himself with his lover. They put stones in their pockets and drowned themselves. Wow. But, and there's been, there's always been a big controversy about J.M. Barry and about what truth was there. Yeah. But, you know, it's also similar to, like, other Broadway shows. Like, I remember watching Newsies and going like, you know... The Jeremy Jordan character was blind with one leg, and they also didn't win the strike. And beyond that, they didn't even know how to tap dance, which is truly the biggest controversy of all. But same thing with Anastasia. It's like, huh, I would have know she was brutally murdered with her siblings, yes? She never met Derek Kleiner. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, dear. But journey to the past. Why don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> to each his own. Uh, to each his own. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that they were still doing a uh, London Neverland. I, I, it's it's been in the talk and works and I don't, yeah I don't know. I mean obviously we have, we have our own uh, um, sure person <laughs> <laughs> moments in time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny, after all the, the Harvey Weinstein drama happened, you know, because he was our head producer, my mom was like, oh my God, did Harvey ever do anything to you? And I was like, to me? To me? Mom, my cats won't even touch me. 
Let alone Harvey fucking Weinstein. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, it's it's funny because, you know, I don't defend anything that he he has done in his life, but he was so good to me and my family. Yeah, like, and he was wonderful to all of us. He was. Yeah, he was. He was really. I think all the crazy stories you hear, but he he was a, a good leader and. Like I said, he he did right by me, and um, I, it's one of those things where I you, I think people have two sides. Absolutely, he and, was a great producer. Yeah. that's how we knew him. Yeah, and um, that's what he does else. well. Yeah, yeah. But moral of the story is no mom. I was Mark safe from all of that. Yes, I um, was too. That's the moral. I think everyone was in our show. Everybody was. Yeah. I think all of us were shocked. A little bit, yeah. A little, yeah. I mean, in hindsight, because, you know, that all came out. So, yeah. And a lot of it happened right. Remember, like, there was a story that happened right yeah. while we were in the show. And anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing that I think I am extremely excited for, and I think the rest of the world is, is you are starting a brand new museum. I of sorts, yes, I am. So it's I, I call it a museum of dance. We call it mod, actually, a museum of dance. But mod is this very special kind of format. I feel that the future of theater is in the immersive space. Absolutely. And I love Broadway more than anyone. But I think there, I think I think people are tired of sitting passively in in seats and watching and watching shows. Especially now that we we have a little insight of to what theater could be and the the possibilities of it, so I think all of these these immersive experiences that are happening right now are wonderful, and I think they're a great first step into it. But they're kind of the 1.0 version. Sure, I want to make the 2.0 version. Yeah. So the Museum of Dance is basically you're going to walk into this space. And you're going to learn the history of dance while dancing. So you're actually going to burn 500 calories going through this museum experience while taking in so much history of of why women's suffrage led to women suddenly be free of clothes and and being flappers, why um, sociopolitical times and war led to swing dance. All these these really kind of tidbits of dance because I, I, I don't think... We know much about our dance culture. There is a museum of dance. It's in Saratoga, New York, but it's like one of those museums where everything's in glass and case. Like there's sure. Tommy Tommy Tunes tap shoes mm-hmm. and stuff, which is great. But I think uh, we really need to forward the experience. And I think everyone dances. I, I there's so many people I, I that I run into. They say, you know, I oh I don't dance and stuff, but I watch my son who is 18 months old, and he is just constantly moving to the beat. He loves dance so much. I think it's so innate in us, but we get to this point in our lives where we get made fun of or, you know, someone just says something and suddenly it's like it's ingrained in you like you suck at dancing and it stays with you for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And I think I want to create a safe space because there is no safe space to dance anymore. Like people, I don't want to go to a club. Mm-hmm. I don't want, and you look at like dance classes now and, and it's, you see all these videos of people dancing online in these studios and it looks so intimidating. I don't want to put myself in those situations either. So I want to create this space where people 
I feel like people go to clubs and stuff and they drink and they do drugs and, and there's, there's space, there's like immersive experience like sleep no more where you wear a mask. They're taking you out of yourself. Like you, you, you're running away from things and, and your, and your true self where I feel like I want to create a, a, a space where you check in with yourself and you find the self love within you through dance. So, um, this is the, the space that I'm so excited to be creating and it's really taking off. We're going to do our out of town tryout in DC this fall. Yes. And then we are, uh, coming to New York in, uh, the spring of 2020. Dude, that's incredible. Yeah, I'm very excited. I couldn't agree more. I actually just watched this really incredible piece by, uh, I think it was Alvin Ailey did it, where they recorded just everyday people doing doing whatever moves that they do. And whatever they, moves them. Exactly. Yeah. And as people, we are constantly moving. And I believe that there is a rhythm of life and that yes. there is a rhythm in all of us. And I think that that is so fantastic. I think that you were going to touch so many people. And that's the way to make art grow. Yeah, exactly. And you get a and get a nice little workout while you're doing it. You know, yeah. it's like you walk out of there. I, th- I I think it's I call it a car a car wash for the soul. Okay. You know, you you just kind of are completely cleansed, and you leave that space kind of like you do in the prom, but I think in a more physical sense, you leave refreshed and yeah. and hopeful. So uh, that is something I'm really passionate about, and so excited to be bringing to our city and then my, my bigger goal for it is to to create mod tokyo mod london mod paris and then for one month out of the year we'll take the tokyo cast and the new york cast and we switch them so people in new york get a whole japanese dance experience through through, through the decades you know yeah um oh i can't wait to go i can't yeah. wait to get a membership to this yeah um i mean one of my favorite things about like meeting people at stage stores just because i'm a big guy when i meet other big people that are like you know, it's really cool to be able to see you doing that see because, like, like, I that. like to dance yes. too, and, you're and so I never good get the it. well. Thanks, but it's nice because you are giving people of all walks of life, of all shapes, all sizes, all ages, not just permission but opportunity to express themselves and to really value a beautiful art form. Yeah. And um, and it's going to be a completely sober experience because I want people to realize that. I call it the dose, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins, the natural drugs that come out of you when you are moving and active and dancing. Yeah. So a lot of people that I meet that are that have experienced this, they're like, oh my gosh, I thought I had to be like messed up at a club to, to actually get on the dance floor. And that's why they think they're having a good time, but they don't realize that it's actually the, the natural drugs that are coming out of you. Yeah. And it's also like dance isn't about judgment. It's not about yeah. being a, a Tony winner for dancing or, you know, the prestigious Cheetah Rivera award, <laughs> which if I don't win Cheetah, you better watch your back. But it is about expression. Yeah. And, and of course, yes, some people dance better than others. Um, but we sure. all dance, you but know? it's also about culture. Like yes. growing up Jewish, like I can dance the horror like nobody's <laughs> business, son. But that's a part of like where my family and my people come from, just like every other culture out there. I think that that's beautiful. You're Thank an you. amazing man. Thank you. I, I, you're an amazing man too. And actually, when I saw the prom. When Brooks does his whole uh, dance, that that big number where he's just dancing all over, 
all I could think about is I want to see Josh do this. Oh. So you have to let me know when you're on. Oh, I, I can't wait. I'm going to text you every that. time I hear. You know what? I smell poopies. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Did Revel make a poopy? And um, I think nev- that's a good segue in. Have you ever changed a diaper? <laughs> no. Would I want to give you this first experience to change my son's diaper because it's quite an experience. Let me tell you. You're so giving. I, you know what? I'm a giver. That's what I'm okay, here for. No, I'm, I'm up you for up the for challenge. I've, yes. I've, okay. Yeah. I'm honestly, I, I just don't want to do it. I've so, only um, held like a, a baby. He's not really a baby. He's like a tot. How old is he? He's a year and a half. Okay. So that's baby ish. Right. It's I, I think, yeah, it's still a baby. Yeah. Okay. He, he's think, like a he's a baby, and that's what you are before you're a twink, and that's what you are before you're a baby. <laughs> okay, so I, I kind of got that down. Yeah. Okay, cool. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. You're a belter. Yay! This is going to be a new experience. All right. So just just to just to warn you, um, he does not really like getting his diaper changed. Sometimes. Neither do I. All right. So this is this is called a wipe, Uh and you're just you're just gonna take one of these out. Well, I'll I'll pre I'll pre empt one for you right there. And that's when you're. And then this is this is the diaper, and we got a little rawr. I thought of you. Oh, that's really cool. T Rex on there. How do you know? So, one of the one of the sides has the little sticky things. Okay. And that's the side that goes on his backside. So basically, you're gonna put him down. So you put so his kind of his tush goes here, and then you're gonna wrap this around, and then you're gonna put these Uh, over. I hope I don't hurt you, Revel. He's like, don't let Uncle Josh Rebel, do this. Come here. Revel. Here, let's get him. Actually, let's get him a, a little snacky. <gasps> Would so. you like a carb? Would you like to? All right. Okay, so, so. Take his pants off. Oh, gosh. Okay. Hey, Stay still, buddy. Yeah, bud. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, wow. These are like skinny jeans with a stretch. With a stretch, huh? Do you shop at American Express? I do. American Express? They have like, like good skinny jeans, sort of, except you get like orange flavored skinny jeans. All right. Okay. So oh, we gosh. only have it a little time full. with him before he gets crazy. Okay. So what do I do? Just like take this? that off like that oh, and then take one, the other side off. And two. Oh, gosh. What's underneath here? Oh, oh okay. looks good. It looks good. And I'll pull that All right. out. I don't hear there's a technique to this, too, but. See, he feels a little heavier, uh-huh. heavier than this one yeah, is. Yeah, it's heavy. So, what do I do? Just take it. So take okay, that. I've got to wipe. We're gonna do the wipeies. Okay, Go and then I just wipe you, you just, up. 
wipe, there you get go. the booty. It's tickly, tickly, tickle, tickle, tickly, tickly, tickly. Why is this happening? And I think it's good. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, you're all wiped. You're all wiped. You are all wiped. It's so fun. Okay. All right. Ready? I'm gonna lift them up for you. Oh God. Tushy, go. Like that. That's good. Okay. All right. Okay. Oh, and now then like go this. around like that. Like this. Yep. And now take take this little tab right there. Oh, there's there. another I'll tab. I'll hold right there, and then you wrap it around. All right. That was good. Rawr. Let's get the other side. Okay, and one more. You can up. get both. You stay still. Roar! <laughs> yeah. Did I do it right? <laughs> oh my gosh. So good. Rebel. Take it. Can clean a good cliche. Hey, can I pick you up? So you take the the, the uh -huh. dirty one, and you put it in there. Okay. And you just kind of roll it up. Yeah. And then you go like this. Oh no way. And it's like that, and it's all good to go. Okay. You dispose of that. I've got your peepee -pee right here in my hand. It's in a ball. Oh, that peepee -pee going down the hall okay. to the trash bin. Oh gosh. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Come here, Robbie. Just like real life. Come here. We gotta put on your pants. Oh. It's gonna be so much fun. Okay, ready? Here. Robbie. Mama will help. There you Yay! go. You've got your jeans on. You've got your carb in your in your right hand. You're ready to go to town. Uh -huh. yeah. uh -huh. Hi. Hi. How are you? Oh my God, hi. How you doing, Natalia, right? Natalia, yeah, I'm Natalia, I'm so happy that you're on the show with me today. And I have a surprise guest that is gonna help me with your question. I would like to introduce you to my dear friend, Matthew Morrison. Hi, Natalia. Hi. How are you? How you doing? I'm great, thank you. How are you guys? Oh, we're <laughs> wonderful. Have a great time over here in New York City. Where are you? England, UK, London. Gotcha. London, okay. That's lovely. England's pretty big. Well, yeah, it is. But I don't think it's as big as the US, so. I, I, well, I think you have a good teacher then. Yeah, yeah, you have oh. a very good teacher. <laughs> and that's what really counts. So tell us, what is your question? So one of them is, do you think it's important for someone to take music and drama in school to be able to do performing as like a business and get into it professionally? For me, I don't think so. I didn't finish school. I left oh. <laughs> partway during my sophomore year, but though I didn't get a degree with it, I still, to this day, like I'll take as many classes as I can. I think training is totally important. What about you? I I agree with you, actually. I think um, if you, it doesn't have to be in the school atmosphere. If you can do like, like classes on your own, it doesn't have to be in the pro school proper, but Honestly, the schooling that I did in high school, I mean, the, the, the training that I got in high school, I, I came to college, I came to like New York University, a very prestigious school, and I felt like I was relearning everything I already knew. And I just, you know, I felt ready for it. And, and I was, but um, <laughs> no, it's just, I, I agree with Josh. It's just, uh, I don't, I don't think it's totally necessary. Another one was what dance styles do you think are, think are the most important to obviously, again, get into the performing industry. Well, it depends what performer you want to do. So say musical theater, like Broadway or West End type stuff. 
I, I mean, I, I think the sen- essentials are jazz. <laughs> jazz. That's why my son's running around. Uh, hey, buddy. Uh, jazz, I think, is is you get, especially doing Broadway, that's kind of the fundamentals of, of theater dance. But I think going even further into that, ballet is kind of the core of dance in general. That's what you actually get to. I think it's the best training ground, just like opera would be for singing. Ballet is the the kind of place to start. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a dancer. Yes, I'm a, you are. I'm a mover who marks. But <laughs> I, I totally agree with Matthew. Take as many classes as you can. You don't have to come into the field being like a a ballerina or, you know, Gregory Hines. But uh, the more that you can do, so when you're in an audition, you can just be yourself as much as you can and not worry about getting all the moves 100% just to show your personality and that you can pick it up. That's what I think. Yeah, have as many tools in your belt as possible. Yeah. Did you watch a show over there called The Greatest Dancer? Sorry, The the Greatest Dancer? (laughs) No. Okay, just want to make sure you're understanding. No, I haven't. Okay, Okay. well, in that case, you'll never work. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, it's it's a great show. Uh, And there's this really, there's this really hunky um, judge on on the show. Yeah. Does he like thick Jewish boys? Let me know. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for calling us today. It was so nice to talk to you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Will you please give Britain my love? I will. I promise. Yes. (laughs) Okay. It's almost time for bed. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's late where you are. Okay, well, go get tucked in and dream sweet dreams of Broadway and Matthew Morris. <laughs> Bye, Natalia. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you. Yeah. That was so Ooh. sweet. She's so sweet. Well, thank you all for tuning into today's episode of Josh Swallows Broadway, where I got to swallow Matthew. Go. Whole. Yeah, girl. <laughs> cool. Tune in for next time. Bye. Josh Swallows Broadway is produced by Alan Seals and Dory Berenstein. Photography for the show is by Michael Kushner. Make sure to look him up. He is my favorite photographer in New York City. The theme song is by myself and Anthony Norman. Want to be on the show? I'd love to have you. Email me at josh at joshswallows.com. Be sure to find me on Instagram at josh period layman. See you soon. Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. 
American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.